The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's a wild, wild through a goal. Slossy beyond Fodringham. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, Fodringham yes. United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box, the Duffy. He can hit them. And he does. Oh! Secured their championship status for next season. Do me a favor, drop me off in Rotherham. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast. Thank you all for being with us. We have a victory. First victory of the season for Rotherham United. Um, plenty of positives to take from. Uh, go through them over the next hour or so. We'll find out whether we were good, whether they were bad, whether there's some sloppiness. We will find all that out over the next hour or so. Um, looking back at last the first victory of the season. Mick is back with us. How are you doing, Michael? I'm all good, mate. Thank you. Are you? I'm very good. Have you recovered from the deadline day episode? Yes. Yes, I had a little lie-in on Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Thank you, Mick. Uh, Danny, sorry. How are you doing, mate? A little bit rough from last night, but we're all right. <laughs> hey, you have to go out on a night out when you when you got your first win of the season. Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, Tom's better. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Always good. <laughs> <laughs> good to hear. Uh, we've got loads of people with us. We've got Tim and Cody who says, "Good evening, lads." It's still in cloud nine after yesterday. YouTube user Gam Grund is with us. Scott. <laughs> Scott Grundy says, evening all, wondered who Warren wanted to win, what he wanted to win yesterday. Yeah. Um, Powell Mayer, Harry Kelwick, Noel Jordan's with us, as are my Harkin Hayward. Tobias is with us, who's had the perfect weekend with Hamby winning the Stockholm Derby. So. Or two as well. Yes, very much so. Very, very good. Uh, Jamie, evening all, our first win, and heard note, but people saying, oh, Norwich for poor. Good, to, good, nothing to do with how well we've played. Let's start there, mate. Let's start with performance before we talk about the specifics. Um, I suppose we should be grateful, really, to Norwich um, for allowing us to score two goals. As David Wagner said, it was all purely down to Norwich City um, <laughs> being bad that we won the game. Is that a fair reflection? Yeah, I mean, uh, classy as ever, Mr. Wagner, into, you know, classy in defeat. Um, 
whatever. Whatever. <laughs> he, I mean, Not a Yeah, I mean, he knows what he said is inaccurate. So, you know, that it is what it is, isn't it? I don't care. Um, it means that we've got under his skin, which is great. Love that. Mm. I'll have a piece of that every time. Um, if he thinks that they deserve to get anything out of that game, then I, I would argue he's probably in the wrong job, to be fair. Um, yeah. You know, so happy days. Listen, if it upsets him, it upsets him. That's great fun. That's what we're here for. Um, but let me just tell you right now, that I don't think there is. I don't think anybody can question realistically. You did not deserve to get anything out of that game. Simple as. So, there you mm. go. Just I me. think that's. I think that's fair, Danny. Again, we'll we'll, we'll talk about the specifics later on because there's a lot of specifics to pick through. We'll just talk about general performances because the opening forty-five minutes was. I've seen other people mention something similar. That's some of the best football that we've they've ever seen Rotherham United play. And for me, that first quarter match was right up there. We were so, so good in that first half. I mean, the last that I went to the game, which I was saying to her in the first half, we aren't watching Rotherham United against Norwich here. This is a different team mm. that's turned up here. Like, it was almost like an exhibition game on how to play football. And it was like, this, this is fantastic, this. What's going on? Yeah. Then we go 2-0 up um, early doors in the first half. It's... I mean, we um, we said hello to Simon Thorne after the game, didn't we? And we even said the fire has been started. Mm. Like we spoke for ages about there's so many sparks here and there of what we are capable of. And I think something just took with Norwich and we started a fire and they had no answer to it. You know, like David Wagner said, um, you know, all we know all about Rotherham United, how they're a direct team, physical, long ball, blah, blah. But we played Norwich at their own game, you know, neat passing, passes around the corner and then chasing those passes and getting into really good positions. And at times, completely skinning their defenders. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the like, little passes and little manoeuvres and the passing triangles that were in the middle of the pitch, it like, wow, where's this come from? And the best thing was it all came off effectively, which in previous matches, you've sort of seen what we were trying to do, but it wasn't quite there. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Um, against Norwich, all the light balls went off. The passing triangles worked. The little passes around the corner worked. The um, the balls from out wide into Hugel worked as well. Um, it was it was just a perfect storm, really. And um, I think Norwich's goal came from a mix of championship quality and a bit of luck with their with the positioning of their player. Other than that, it was probably like a nine ten out of ten performance. Was. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, David Hope says, all Norwich say is how bad they were at defending. Teams like Rotherham, uh, no credit, just just the way we like it. Marty Bum's come to mind, beaten by the clear the better team. Yeah, and I think we're, I, I think we've talked about this a lot recently, Tom, about the style play that Matt Taylor's trying to, trying to play. We, we talk and compare it to the previous regime where the pressing was brilliant, but it was gung-ho pressing. It was just press mm-hmm. the ball, press the ball. There was so, so much intelligence to what Matt Tiller's mm. trying to get these players to do. It's not press and press and press and press. It's just mm. squeezing at the right times. Um, and yeah. that's a, almost to perfection in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we have the players to do it as well, which you know um, is a credit to him and to Rob Scott for bringing them in. The recruitment's mm. been fantastic and it's finally paying off. Um, I think this performance was probably as good as Leicester's. Obviously a bit better because of the result, but you know Leicester are a very good team, so... Um, but yes, side, side past that is that these two last performances are now the benchmark. And if yeah. we play anywhere worse than that, we know we have to be at this level. Um, 
And if we do play at this level, then we'll give any team in the division a game. We gave Leicester a good game last week and probably should have got something out of it. We got some, we got three deserved points out of Norwich this week. And um, yeah, and it's all about not just the gung-ho press, but um, what we're doing on the ball as well. On the ball stuff is so much classier. It's neater. It's um, a lot more controlled, composed. Um, and yeah, again, you've just got to... Um, credit the recruitment for that because it's been phenomenal. Uh, the players that he's brought in, the likes of Cafu, Tiehi in the midfield, Green and uh, Onyedima out wide, they're just, they've br- brought us to another level. And uh, if they can all stay fit and all stay fresh, then we're just going to keep getting better. Mm. We absolutely are. Um, was there a particular area where you thought that was why we were so good in the first half? Was it, or was it just a general really good team sort of setup and performance first half? I thought we just composed on the ball, weren't we? Which we, which we rarely are. And, and to be fair, you know, as the game went on and um, in the last 20 minutes, we, we became less and less composed on the ball. So that's something that I think we need to work on. But, you know, we kind of reverted back to type a little bit to, towards the back end of the game. Uh, but certainly in that first half, we were very, very composed on the ball in all areas of the pitch. You know, even, in, even under pressure in our own 18-yard box, we were still looking to, to pass out, looking to maintain possession of the ball and not just not just hoof it long. Um, so I, I thought what was interesting after I, I did make the comment on Twitter about the, the, the stupid remark from Wagner about we know all about Rotherham United, you know, and given, you know, we, we were direct. We did play some long balls up to Hugo at times mm. throughout the game and they weren't able to deal with them. You know, there was sort of 10 bobhead at back. It went out for... It went out for a throw-in, a, a goal, a, a corner. You know, they just couldn't deal with the thing that they knew all about, which was a bit bizarre as well. Um, <laughs> but but in the main, I thought I thought it was a composure on the ball. And I know we're going to talk about individual players, but uh, there's a couple in particular in that midfield who who's, who who are just are just making it tick at the moment. So um, it's great. It's great to see. It's great to see the progression from from that car crash at Stoke yeah. to where we are in just four or five games time, and you can see what you can see what Matt Taylor is trying to to instill in the team, and and it's it, it, it yesterday it came to fruition certainly for the first forty five minutes, maybe not quite as much in the second half, but um, yeah, it's it's hugely impressive, hugely impressive. It is, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the first goal, Danny. Um, Dexter Limakisa with. A, a fine goal, a fine, fine goal. I don't get anybody says about sloppers. It was a, it was a superb <laughs> strike. Um, and like I said on this on the instant reaction yesterday, the sad thing for him is he's probably not scored a better goal of his entire career because it was just <laughs> pinpoint accuracy. Yeah, I, I mean, in all honesty, I don't know where the whole sloppy comments have come from because that was one of the most well put together things I've seen. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, before that, we had Onyedim uh, hit the posts, uh, which I think. Gun got a hand to, and that's why it went out for a corner. So the attacking threat was already there. I just didn't expect it to come from the 19-year-old defender that we've got. Um, but it's it's almost—I mean, it's like a dolphin against Blackburn. It just falls for him perfectly. Mm. The only difference is that it's uh, come from Onyedima's heads, and it's just dropped perfectly. All right, you could say Norwich's defence don't react quick enough to it. Maybe that's where Angus Gunn's coming from with the sloppiness. But from our point of view. It's one of the best goals that's been scored, you know. Um, and he's, he's just dropped for him, he's hit it perfect. And um, even if you put a 2p right in the corner of the 
of the goal, he'd still hit it with that because it's just so perfect in the corner. It's yeah, like you say, it's probably one of the best goals that Lemmy Keith is going to score in his career, and it's <laughs> and it's his first goal in his career as well. Um, so that's the challenge for him: score a better one. I dare you. <laughs> He'd have to take on six players and do the same again to make it better, probably. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things, Tom. We talk about this If you analyse every single goal, every single goal stoppable, one way or another, mm. I think yeah. it's just you've got to just step back and say, right, maybe. Fred's done really well to win that flick on. It might not have meant it to go to Dexter, but Fred's yeah. done really well to win that flick on and, and the composure of a 19-year-old kid. You've just mm. got to sit back and applaud that. Yeah. Well, he said in the interview afterwards that he just he, he just thought, oh, I have to hit this if, uh, if anyone <laughs> saw that. So, yeah, that was, um, that was an interesting comment because obviously um, he kind of did have to hit it. I think we were all screaming for him too. Um, but, yeah, like you said, like just... He's been progressing game on game, hasn't he? And, and I think we've all already taken to him a lot more than we have any other kind of loan signing that's come in um, in the recent years. So, yeah, um, to get that goal as well, which I know wasn't the winning goal, but kind of feels like it because of how good it was. You know, it really set a precedent. Um, and like Danny said, he's got to <laughs> if he starts scoring more, then we've got a goal scoring right back somehow, which is just brilliant because he can, he can hit a ball. He seems to anyway, because um, his crossing ability is good. He beats his man every time. He defends very competently. He's 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 a full package, and for nineteen, it's it's incredible. Um, I can't I can't imagine him staying in a Rotherham shirt past this season because I think he'll be Wolves' right back permanently. Um, he's a, he's a very 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 good player. Yeah, he's got a lot of what he needs, Mick. Uh, the goal's a bonus. Let's be, let's be fair. Yeah. If he doesn't score again all this season, that's fine. <laughs> but he, he's uh, doing the rest of his job really well. well. <laughs> yeah. And he's also, he, he reminds me of Chio. His smile is ear to ear. He just, as yeah. Matt Taylor mentioned, just his positivity. It, that's very obvious that he's just happy playing football for anybody. Mm. Yeah, absolutely it is. And you can, t- like you say, you can tell that in his game. I mean, that, that, that goal was unstoppable. He's hit it. He's not in line with the goal. He's outside the line of the goal. And yet he's still managed to hit the side netting as it's yeah. gone in, you know. <laughs> um, and, and I don't care what Mr. Gunn, you know, says. He can say what he likes. He, you know, he can claim that his big red nose and oversized shoes were stopping him diving for it. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to say, you know what I mean? He ain't stopping that. And there's no sloppiness about it. But they've got, they've got, to, talk, they've got to try and talk it up, haven't they, you know, because they know that they, they shouldn't be losing to teams like Rodham. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's, well, I mean, I, I say that slightly, sort of um, tongue in cheek, but but that's that's the attitude that they they have to have, I guess, or mm. feel that they have to have. But uh, as far as Dexter's concerned, I mean, he's a he is a player and a half, isn't he? He's he is an absolute yeah. player and a half at nineteen years old, man. It, it, it's it, yeah, it's great, and it was an absolute screamer of a goal. Uh, and it was unstoppable, you know. Um, so don't beat yourself up too much, Mister Gunn. You'll uh, not your fault. I think. I think if you compare Dexter, we obviously last season with Norton Cuffey, who I think started off uh, pretty well. But I think the difference between these two, and obviously anybody disagree if you want, I felt like Brooke Norton Cuffey did the uh, hard attacking stuff really, really well. But I think he lacked the basics. Whereas yeah. Dexter can do the basics really, really well. But then that attacking sense is also excellent as well. Mm. He's, he, he's a better player and I didn't think I'd be saying that to be honest with you he is a better player no question yeah Cuffey got called up for the uh, England under 21s as well just a little side mm-hmm. fact 
So that's a yeah. big, uh, big step up for him. So he's clearly doing all right. But yeah, no, nothing on, nothing on Dexter at the minute. Agree. Uh, John Bell just on the Norwich comment says, if they were crap, he wouldn't come out and say that, and come out in the media and say that. It will always, they will always put a positive spin on it. But let's be honest here: the players and managers never see, really see what happened. True, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they've, they've got to say what they've got to say, haven't they, to try and try and keep the fans happy, if you like. Uh, yeah. But either way, <laughs> whatever. Um, Dexter has it's got his call up for Jamaica as well. I don't know if you've seen oh, that on social media, but he's he's been called up for the Jamaican squad as well, which which yeah. is 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 fully deserved. Um, so yeah, brilliant. Yeah, like FC says, Wes Harding or Dexter. Yeah, poor Wes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Dexter every day of the week, sadly for uh, for Wes. Um, uh, Phil was mentioned on Dexter. The thing is, his maturity is is impresses him. Uh, in, in defence, mm. I think yeah, you're right. So I think you're right. Um, Cheryl Stone, can we can we tell Hugo every week that we are playing Norwich or West Brom, Danny? <laughs> Let's start, I want to talk about performance. Let's talk about the goal in a minute because there's lots to pick out from the goal to be honest with you. But Hugo stepped up in performance on Saturday. I mm. thought he was excellent. He won everything that he needed to win. He managed to bring everybody else into the game. That was by far and away Hugo's best performance of the season for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's rather fitting that. The one former team he didn't score against last season was Norwich, and this season he's now scored against them. Um, so yeah, and Hugo really, um, I mean, I know, um, Ollie was the captain, but Hugo really like led the team forwards, if that makes sense. You know, he sort of led them in the press and and also led them in defense in the second half whilst he was still on the pitch. To be fair, Hugo seemed to be back a lot more, um, in the second half, and I suppose that's what you need when you go. A, uh, when you can see the goal quite early doors in the second half, it's almost like all the leaders on the pitch rallied both with each other and with the team to go, right, we need to defend this a bit more now. And I think we did. Um, I think <clears throat> in the second half, it still felt like we were chasing a game, like chasing a winner, even mm. though we were 2-1 up. And we're not mm. quite used to that. We're used to like it coming back to 1-1 and then we try and push really hard for a winner and then maybe concede later on. You know, that's sort of mm. the, the thing we saw... Uh, at the start of this season, but in the second half, it's like I, I've said this on the post match. Almost, I almost forgot we were winning two one with how we were playing because we were trying to push for a third goal so hard, and it nearly came off on a few occasions. Mm. Um, but like you say, Matt, that is Hugel's um, standout performance so far this season, and we've also learned he's been playing with a knee injury. So that, that I wouldn't say that's like it's sort of an excuse for why for where his position is being. Uh, performance-wise, early doors, but he's majorly stepped up. Maybe that's the case because of the international break and it's like one last big push before he gets a rest, potentially. Mm. Um, but no, I really, liked, I really liked how Hugo played. He, he, that was definitely um, the Hugo we were used to, shall we say. Mm. Yes, I agree. Uh, and then the goal, Tom, I mean, you can take a pick from Cafu with the swimming <laughs> ball, you know, the really, really intelligent run that Hugo did to do his mm. man. I just thought, again, it was... You could cut you, you again. You can analyse it and say they could have done better, but for me, that was just a really, really well worked goal. Yeah, well, like Danny was saying before, with the the cute interplay, it was that in the corner again between uh, Dexter Rathbone and um, Cafu, and, and they've been doing that for the last couple of games and not yeah. really quite coming off, but this time it did. And you know, it's a good header as well, diving really? to the floor away from goal. Um, it's a really good header, great ball in. Um, just a fantastic goal, really. And whether it is this knee injury that's that's made him, you know, a bit less sharp, or or non non coming in, you know, you never know. 
Um, but yeah, stepping up his game is uh, was definitely needed because um, I think for the last couple of games, we've all thought we needed a bit more from him. So, you know, happy for him. And hopefully this kicks him on as well. Hopefully it's not a case of he scores a goal and then kind of sort um kind of sulks back away and does the does the dirty work but not quite um with the finishing product but yeah he should he should hopefully kick on here um but again it's it's Cafu's quality is is just telling uh set pieces again and, and that cross was sublime honestly so good um yeah it's just a great goal uh it just shows that we can do all types of goals as well um which is is great <laughs> yeah uh Shelley, on Cafu we could take a moment appreciate how good Cafu is how on earth mm. we've got him, I'll never know. I mean, just on a cross, mate, it was pinpoint. He's got that in his locker, hasn't he, Cafu? We've seen we set pieces of the goal for the only Dimly goal against Blackburn um, and the, the corner for Sean Morrison against Stoke. He, he can put a wicked ball in. And that's well, that's exactly what wasn't. Hugel's the man. If I have anybody in our team, I want Hugel to be running onto that because he, he can yeah. be deadly and he showed that he was. Uh, he's, yeah, he, he's, he's different gravy, isn't he, Cafu? You know, to, to, to anything I've ever seen, Rob, really, as a, for, as a Rodham United player, in the sense of his delivery, mm. his delivery is like you've just pointed out there on, on, on a number of occasions so far that have led to goals, but also that haven't led to goals as well. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, he, he, his work rate is immense. Um, he, he's so un-Portuguese in his um in his approach to the game you know he 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 does the dirty jobs he does all the dirty work and he does it incredibly well he maintains possession very very well he's cool calm collected on the ball and and then like you said just to to top it off those those deliveries are are just ridiculous the the, the highlights don't show that goal in all its mm. all its glory really for me mm. The, the little build-up prior to what you see on the highlights, the build-up and knocking it about between those three players and 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 just sort of gaining that little bit of space for him to deliver that ball was was just as important um, as the the fantastic movement of Jordan Hugel to lose his defender um, in in the middle. I mean, we're a bit sloppy from the defender, I have to say, but yeah. on. The, <laughs> on the flip side of that, the finish was, was great, and the, the delivery was great, and 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 like Shelley says, we've 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 got a gem there in, in Cafu, and, and like the Forest supporters said, you know, when they when they um, when we signed him, you know, they they were they were um, quite vociferous in the praise of him, and and and, and rightly so. I can I can absolutely see why. Um, yeah. I. He's he's becoming fast becoming one of my favourite players at the moment. You know he's yeah. he's just got everything and he's got the attitude. He's got the he's everything about him. He's got the passion. You know it, it's just yeah. He's a he's a he's a, he's a Portuguese Rotherham lad. He is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Portuguese me Rotherham. Yeah, yeah. He's still he's, yeah. he's, he's a Portuguese in him. Dave still means he loses the ball occasionally, and he, he does he does do deaf things and he does. Do that at times, but you, you can forgive that because, like Mick says, the stuff he does. I mean, there was a there was a, a flick inside in the second half. I can't remember, was it was it to Bramall or something like that, which was just something else. It was just something nobody else can really do in the team. So we can forgive him when he does those stupid other things, can't? We? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think every player's got like the stupidness in them to do yeah. certain things. You know, I've noticed with a few players. I think, I think his gap between his brilliance and his worst is quite—it's a big thing because of how good his good is. <laughs> I think it's quite a big gap. Yeah, sense. yeah. I don't think he's made any complete, absolute howlers that no. has put him at the bottom of the pile. Um, but I think it's the things that he has done at the top end of the pile, which, like you say, gives him greater range. Um, but the the touch around the corner to Bramall in the second half, like right in the corner, right, like around the corner flag. I don't know how he's done it. Like, like honestly, <laughs> honestly, I do not know how he's done it. He's flicked it with the outside of his left boot, and it's took two of their players completely out of it. And Bramall's just latched onto it, put a cross in. And if I'm being honest, I've forgotten the rest of it um, for various reasons. But <laughs> it's um, it, like, like you say, it's just like I don't know how he pulls somebody off, and then and there was the shot he had in the second half as well that was so mm. close to going in. It like it it was like an inch away from the outside of the post, so just a bit more curl on it, and it's another goal in the top corner. And I think he may score a goal like that this season if he gets into that position again. Just wrap his foot round it just a touch more, and it's in, and it would have been another goal which Angus Gunn didn't move for. <laughs> sloppy, very sloppy. Yeah. Um, so this is on the way he drives the ball out of defence and gives us more options than before. He reads the game so differently, everybody else, and that's it. I think they all worked. Those three midfield three, uh, Tom, worked with that because Cafu obviously sees the game different to Rathbone and Tiahi. They all do different things, but they're all but they, in the same way. They really complement each other really well. Yeah, it's because the the, the specifics that. One of them can't do the other can, so it, yeah. it, it, it evens itself out. Yeah, he screens really well. I think he's an absolute. He's a, he, he'll be a bargain. I think in the next few years because mm. he is fantastic. Honestly, he was. You know, there are all three of them are good, but he's 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 a different level. Um, he's up there with Cafu. I think. I think Paul Davis said it perfectly. He's the yin to um Cafu's yang, uh, yeah. which is quite a <laughs> cute way of putting it. Um, yeah, he does the dirty work well. He um breaks up play. It's quick. Gives it easy, keeps it. Um, yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Cafu is a is a box to box physical specimen with a little bit of um, flicks and tricks that sometimes come off, like in the corner flag. Sometimes don't. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of times that we'd be saying that <laughs> this season. Um, and then Rathbone's the engine um, and just gets up and down everywhere. And even Rathbone is so much more technically gifted than a lot of people yeah. give him credit for yeah. um was a chance was it oh it was the Cafu chance where he almost bent it in top corner and he um took it around one of their players meg the other one and he's just he's so technically gifted um and when you let him um into those advanced areas where you can actually use it it's it's he, he is he's one of our better attacking midfielders um so yeah like you're saying it's it's like uh it's a very complimentary midfield three and i think it's what taylor wanted for you know, since the start of the transfer window, you can tell because he signed Cafu and Thierry basically straight away. Um, so that was his ideal midfield, and uh, it's clearly coming off. Um, because they are dominating midfields of Norwich and Leicester, who you think are gonna, based on their money and uh, quote unquote prowess, uh, are gonna overwhelm us. And they and they didn't in the slightest. Um, you know, you look at Ndidi, who was, I, I don't know moments away from a 25 30 pound um 30 million pound move against the likes of TA and you couldn't pick which one was um which one was which so yeah. you know um just for Cafu uh, have a color I forgot this can can you remember when Cafu tried, tried <laughs> yeah. to clear it? Oh, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't try to all in he absolutely did clear it 
It's just a shame it went straight to their player, isn't it? But other than that, it was very good. Yeah, and that's what I mean about Cafu. Imagine if it if it had scuffed that and it had just dropped it. it well, at his with him on the floor, um, <laughs> but it, it worked. Um, in by the mentions, Leicester managed last week being full of praise. Um, gracious in victory, Leicester were not defeat. I mean, that's mm. the difference. I don't know. Um, Simon Thorns wants to say hello. Welcome. He, uh, he says while we're rightly eulogised about the Mighty Mills, let's not forget the Rotherham women won today. And Park yeah, mm. great win. Yeah, mm. off to one nil. 89th minute winner, I think it was against Crimsby today. So well done. Perfect um, for an opening day win, that. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Mick, back on Tiahi. Before we move on to the, we'll talk about the goal in a minute, I suppose. Because that was sloppy as well. Um, but Tiahi was, he's just so good. I'm actually going to find the words to exp- express how good he is. But I want him on the ball. And when, when it got to the last 20 minutes, when we were, when we were struggling to keep hold of the ball, mm. you, we were crying out for Tiahi just to have a minute, just a, yeah. a couple of touches. Because he just calms everything down. There was a moment when he was on the byline. It was it was on the on the edge of the uh, of the pitch, and he just knocking the ball back to him, and he knocking it back to somebody else, and he, he just calm and cool. Um, mm. Is what you need for a team that are going to be under pressure to look after the ball when we have it. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I I, I sort of uh, raved about Dan Barlasser and his ability on the Ooh. ball, and I, I, I talked. Many many years ago, well, not many years ago, about uh, about um, uh, Carl Robinson, uh, who, who was just a, a hell of a player for us in that in that central midfield area. Um, and those players, I said, and I kept saying, you know, the Dan Barlasses in this world don't come along very often, you know, and <laughs> you know you might not get another one for another five years. And then up steps Chris Tyhe, who who just. We've not seen a lot of him, and I don't think by any stretch we've seen the best of him mm. by any stretch of the imagination. He's, he's still getting up to speed. Um, but again, it's about his composure on the ball, his ability to just put his foot on it and have a look and knock a pass, whether it be five yards or 50 yards. Um, he has got that ability just to sit in front of that um, in front of that back four and, and, and calm the whole situation down. If it's needed, um, or break up the play, like you said, he is going to be. He's, he's another one of those players that always an investment because if we can keep him fit and developing that a little bit more, he's going to make us some money in the long run. Which, which is what these players are all about, as far as we're concerned. You know, the club of our size. So, I, I, I really, really rate him already. You know, and we're only three or four games into the season. He's got a lot more to come. Um, and maybe we ain't going to miss that bit, miss our Dan quite so much. I might have to change my Twitter handle. They are different. For me, they're different. They are different, aren't they? They do different. They are different. Yeah. They are different. They're not exactly the same player. However, they do very similar things. They, they've each got their own sort of individual... Um, Good points, if you like, but Tahi yeah. is a player and a half, man. Honestly, yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree with that definitely. And look, why was well, we were talking about this in two weeks' time when we preview the, the um, what game do we play next? Yeah, Lucas says, what, What's gonna happen when Hacks comes back in the midfield three? You've got Jamie Lindsay coming back in. Well, let's not forget about Jamie Lindsay and all this. Um, we're gonna be spoiled, assuming they're all, they're all fit, we're gonna be spoiled for choices in that midfield three. Um, mm. 
that's a tough decision that he's got to make at some point at some point, Matt Taylor. Um yeah. Uh where are we with uh uh Matt Miller on Bramall, he says tremendous, particularly bearing in mind recent matches. Let's have a brief perhaps coin we're on loving Danny. Uh, because it was it was back to his best back, back to his best yesterday. I know he made a mistake against Leicester, a couple of mistakes, maybe. Uh, but it was it was absolutely back to his best Bramwell yesterday. He was superb. Yeah, mm. it was. I don't know whether he's had a word with himself or Matt Taylor's had a word with him, but the difference in performance level was outstanding from Bramall. I think it, it's almost like a proper shakedown and he's gone again. And yeah, fantastic performance from Bramall. He seemed to be everywhere down that left side. I saw a, a lot of overlapping runs with Andre Green, if I'm being honest, which is what I like to see. Um, and it, again, it was just something that seemed to click. You know, in previous matches, it's not really clicked like Bramall will be too far forward or not or not far forward enough to be on the overlap, if that makes yeah. sense. And then he'd get caught out, like what happened with Leicester and miss a header and ended up going into the goal. But obviously, that's a little bit harsh. But against Norwich, it all clicked again on the left side. He defended really well. He put in really good tackles. So his passing was exceptional. And the overlap with Green, if that's something that we like to pursue going forward, the overlap of the wings, with um, both on the left and the right, I'm all for it, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Because seeing Bramall in a more advanced position than Green, but again creating a passing triangle between uh, him, Green and Cafu on the left side, it's like, I'm all for it. Because again, it will be like one of them, like one, two, three, and we've gone straight back to midfield and there's a big gap in the Norwich defence. So I'm all for it, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, I thought or, I thought Bramwell was better with Green in front. I thought when when Onye Dimi was in front, I thought they, they struggled to work together. When when mm. they were Green, I thought they were much better. Yeah, definitely, and and I think Bramwell's recognised that as well because mm. you know he's basically come out and said thank you for the praise, and rightly so. You know he knew about his mistakes last week, and I'm sure he knows about how well he's played uh, yesterday as well. Mm. I think you make an interesting point there, Matt, and and I think that's possibly more a Fred issue. Than, than anything else, because I, we, we we discussed it at the game yesterday. That there were a couple of instances where Fred kind of let Dexter down as well in terms mm-hmm. of his in terms of the overlap and the, and the support he was giving him. He kind of left him it, certainly in that uh, that second half. He kind of left him exposed a little bit. Um, so that's maybe something that uh, that Fred needs to work on a little bit, just just to sort of consider what his defensive responsibilities are given. He's playing with two fullbacks who get forward, mm. you know. Um, Andre Green, he, he worked it to a treat, um, and, and a big shout out for his performance yesterday. He, he again is another player that's that's getting back into the swing of playing full time and you know at a level. And, and I thought he was outstanding yesterday, Andre Green. I thought he was very very mm. good. Um, mm. There was one particular run in that first half where he just basically yeah. took on the whole of the Norwich side, you know, <laughs> and beat them all. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't, it didn't end in a goal, but you know, it, 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 it was excellent yesterday. Andre Green, really good. Yeah, well, uh, just negative back to the slight negatives, Tom, of the first Norwich goal, the only first and only Norwich goal. Um, mm. Again, this is my point where if you, if you analyse it, you can see it's uh, every goal is avoidable. I thought we mm. allowed them to, I thought allowed, the guy who crossed it, and I, I can't remember the name was, I thought, I thought we allowed him to dance through. I don't think we yeah. put up enough of a challenge. And once the ball went in, there was not much defensively that we could do. But I thought that initial part was avoidable. Yeah, I mean, like Danny said, there was a bit of luck involved. Um, but yeah. like you said as well, Matt, there is um, there was <laughs> there was the point that it was um, it was very much avoidable, especially with the uh, I think it was Rowe, uh, Jonathan Rowe, who just 
uh, kind of waltz past Lembekisa and then Humphreys didn't get tight enough, um, mm. allowed him to get the cross in. And then <clears throat> I know it's a bit of luck because it took a deflection to him, but for, uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce it, Fas- Fas- Fasnat or something, um, to be it's within the six-yard box. Yeah, to be within the six-yard box uh, unmarked is a pretty, mm. you know, it's it's not a great look defensively. But I think it's the way that we responded, which is the way that we don't usually respond when um, mm. going a goal down. And we, we got on the front foot. I know it's been said that um, it, didn't, it looked like we were losing the way that we were playing. But I think it's just more a mentality thing now, is that we put ourselves two goals ahead. So that we knew when, if we did concede, then it's not the end of the world, and it's it's about you know keeping that momentum going and switching it. Because that was a solid, I don't know, 15, 10, 15, 20 minute phase of, of where Norwich looked like they were, you know, getting into it a bit more, becoming a bit the better side, um, and then we we hit back instantly, and uh, Cafu almost scored, and then we looked more in control to uh, to the point where the last eight minutes of the stop of stoppage time if you watch it back we're not really in any danger at all they don't create any clear-cut chances of note um in fact you, you think we create more green had a header back post that was just too high Cafu had his uh, shot near um about an inch away so you know uh looking at it back it was it was pretty comfortable in the end um apart mm. from one lapse in judgment um with Humphreys not getting as tight as he possibly should have done, but again, it's because it was a it was a good run, um, and just poor defending, not picking up the man in the man in the middle. But it happens sometimes. Most of the time, you don't get punished, but um, yeah. yesterday we were, um, but not to a not to a great extent, because mm. that's the only real chance of note that you'd argue they had. I think so. That's fair. John Morrell says unmarked in the six yard box might be seen as sloppy. Yeah, you could say some people would say it's sloppy. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're not one of those people, but mm. <laughs> um, picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Just in terms of reactions, Mick, Shelley says, Did you did anyone else think that when they scored, here we go again? He says, I'll be honest, I, I thought it had 3 2 written all over it. That's two parts that we, we've talked in the last weeks about dealing with adversity and dealing with things when they turn. I think. I would like to go back to the first goal. After we scored the first goal, we almost conceded instantly. There was a real drop in concentration where they scored, I think it was almost from the kickoff. And then we regrouped and did it again. And then when the first goal, when the Norwich's goal went out, I think I said to you, there's no way we're getting three points out of this. I just couldn't yeah. see it. But then we defended really, really well. We we didn't just sit back and 11 men behind the ball. It was, we're still going to have a go here. We're still going to put pressure on you so you can't do comfortable. And that, that was the difference between the Blackburn game 
when we couldn't put pressure on. And that's that's why we won the game for me because we were able to put the pressure back on them. Yeah, we, we were, and it's a, it's a it, it is something that I think Matt Taylor will have well he will have identified it, and the team, the players will have already identified it as well that. Uh, it's something that needs a little bit of work. It's a psychological thing rather than anything else, isn't it? You know, and and, and like Shelley says, you know, we, uh, having that thought and, and what you said to me, we're not getting three points out of this, that, this game. Is that's more of a throwback to 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 what we've experienced the last few times we've been in this division, rather than the capabilities of this team, yeah. um, because they're more than capable of seeing games out. They are more than capable of it. Um, as we showed eventually yesterday. However, it's a habit, you know, and, and I, I, well, somebody mentioned it on one of the previous podcasts about losing being a habit, you know. It, it's also a habit of scoring a goal and then sitting back a little bit. It's a mm. habit that needs to be broken. Um, mm. and, and, and I'm sure they'll be working on that. I'm absolutely positive. Um, given the quality of, 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 of this division, you know, there aren't. We've we've played Leicester City. We've played Stoke. Uh, we've played Norwich. Where where these things and, and Sunderland, all yeah. of whom are quality quality sides. You know, it, it's that's not going to happen to you every week. Albeit, it's still something that needs to be ironed out of the game. Um, so, yeah, he'll be working on that. I I. It's easy to say it now. At the time when you said what you said to me about, oh, we're not going to get out of this game, I kind of thought, no, I think we probably are. <laughs> just felt that we were. Mm. But, I mean, it's dead easy to say it now. <laughs> you know, um, it just, yeah. I felt at the beginning of the game, I'd been positive all week in my own mind, mm. but I didn't want to say, I didn't want to verbalise it, but it, it, it just felt like a game that we could get something out of. I think I said it on the post-match, you know, it, the, the 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 sort of stars were starting to align. You know, they, they've had this fantastic start to the season. They're a wonderful side. They've got a massive uh, away following. They're playing little old Rotherham. It's got an upset, in inverted commas, written all over it, um, particularly in, in, in looking at their start to the season. So, uh, but I, I didn't feel that way, I'll be honest with you. Um, oh, I did. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did multiple times. Yeah. Um, there was the save from Victor to deny 2-2 two, two, and that's sort of when um, my mind started to shift. It's like, oh, we could just, yeah. you know, and then as the game just ticked on, I slowly got more and more confident. Um, uh, but I'll just highlight the comment that Harvey put in a second ago. Oh. Uh, yes, I completely agree. Um, I think Hugel's mindset just went, here, I could get the goal myself here. and. Yeah. And you just did, probably just didn't see yeah. uh, Rathbone with the tunnel vision that comes in those situations. But that was the prime for 3-1 right there, I think. Because you had Hugo, Ollie, and I think Green making a run on the left-hand yeah. side as well. Yeah. So that's like... But then we put ourselves in that position. So again, slightly different passage of play. It's 3-1 against Norwich. But yeah. in that moment, unfortunately, it isn't. But in a future match, it could be. And I think that's... And that wasn't where... the only moment, though, was it? That, that, that's, that's what I'm going to come on to. That, there was... Three or four moments. Tom mentioned the Andre Green header, which was an inch away from being three-one. There was a couple of the moments when we were two-one up, protecting the game when it could and should have been three or four-one in the end. Danny. It, it, we, yeah, we, exactly. It was, there was there was a moment where Tom Eve just didn't quite sort his feet out, and he could yeah. have had a yeah. pocket goal. And I think we were all yeah. willing him just go, just hit it, you know. But he couldn't <laughs> sort his feet out. Um, yeah. but it's interesting we mentioned about you know like protecting a lead. 
You know, and I think the two games where we've scored first and not really protected it is uh, Blackburn, Omen, Sunderland away, I think. They're the two games where we've scored first and not protected it. Blackburn, slightly different because we went a man down mm. and I think that really affected us both on the pitch yeah. and psychologically as well. And Sunderland, it was always going to be hard at the stadium alike with that many people against you, to be fair. And the fall-off after 70 minutes, which was at the time due to lack of depth... Fair enough, but we've got those mistakes out of the way early doors. And I think this is the first time where it's, quote-unquote, a level playing field where we have predicted it and and seen it out and could have scored more. Fair enough, it took some saves from Victor and some um, very brutal knocks to Victor as well in, get, in collecting the ball for us to see it out. But we did, and I think that's the important point. And it's given us the confidence to go, look what you can do. And we yeah. can take that into games further down the line my only not negative spin but thought process coming off that line of thought is how will we deal when we go behind at home to start with will we see a performance like Leicester where we dig in and try and get a goal back or is that when it gets a bit shaky we've not really had it yet but we'll have to wait and see with that one and finally from me Mick, you listed all the, <clears throat> you've listed all the um, the teams that we've played early doors. You know Stoke, who were ex- who were very good mm. against us in both games. Uh, Sunderland, Blackburn, Leicester, and now Norwich. I'm quite happy to be out of the cup and have four league points in those opening games. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there are that will be pushing like top probably eight or like top eight or so this season. I think unless there's a, a catastrophic drop off from one of them. Yeah, 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 they will. Uh, Matt Miller says, Love Victor's Jurgen Klopp impression at the end. What a bloke. Come on, Sweden, give Bloch Chabal a chance next week. Oh, we'd love Victor again, make his first appearance. It's France and Italy or something like that. It's something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Tom, let's talk about Victor for a minute because I mean, he made a couple of saves, but I think the saves he made were relatively routine, to be honest with you. What impressed mm-hmm. me about Victor was at the end where he just came and cleared players out on two or three different occasions. Which mm. allowed the team that that helped us manage the gas. So this on the instant reaction. So I am repeating what's doing right. Apologies, but he, he just managed. He allowed us to manage the game by. T- he took a lot, a lot of knocks. If I took three or four big yeah. knocks uh, yeah. from Ashley Barnes and others. Um, yeah. But that's where I think we have. To, I'll be fair. I'll be honest. I think that's where Victor's improved because I think yeah. his, his, his um, command of his box on on Saturday was as good as it's probably been maybe ever. Yeah. I'd agree with that ever. I think that was that was one of the things I think everyone can see is a bit, you know, that's the area where he definitely needs to improve because his height doesn't help him. I know he's tall, but he's not a, you know, six foot five yeah. keeper who, you know, um, who can claim anything in the air. But even the fact that he wasn't punching and he was claiming them is, is mm. something he hasn't done. I don't think I've seen him claim a high ball, you know, often in, in games, you know, especially not twice in five minutes or whatever it was yeah. towards the very end. So, you know, for coming out and doing that, uh, you definitely got to give him credit. Whether it's the coaching staff or whether he felt he was in a better position or whether it's his, it's his own confidence to think I can, you know, I can wipe some players out here. You know, it's whatever it is, he's just got to keep doing it because as soon as your goalkeeper commands your six-yard box, then your defenders feel more comfortable and they start to command their own 18-yard box and then... Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 yeah. it's a, it's definitely a domino effect where as soon as the goalkeeper's in command, defenders are midfield are, and then your forwards are, and it's you know it's it's a it's a great um, great defensive performance all around, and it just alleviates any kind of any kind of stress. Like I said, at the time you obviously are thinking, oh, 
the worst, you know, Norwich are going to equalise here, blah, blah, blah. But now that you know that they're not, watch the last 10, 15 minutes back and you can see we were not, like, there was no danger. There was no, there was, there was a couple sniffs here and there, but they were quelled so quickly. It's, it was, it was really good to watch. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's, it's really, it's just really satisfying as a Rotherham fan to watch a game and think, we actually aren't in any danger here. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the last 10 minutes. Very odd. Because it's, yeah, because yeah, we've had such horrific history of it. It, it, mm. it was good. And I think that's the kind of, I, I was talking a couple of weeks ago about maybe we didn't have quite the leadership at the back. And I think that's definitely changed. Mm. Um, if you look at them all, Gene, each other up. Cafu's definitely come in and been a bit of a leader. Blackett's turning into a bit of a leader. Obviously, Rathbone and Hugo were last season and still are. Um so yeah, it's just it's a it's a it's a more balanced, well positioned side to uh to get at teams and to also defend really well. Mm. Yeah, just on that, on just on Victor Mix, we'll, we always love a Victor Loving. Uh, I, I do expect. And <laughs> um, the, yeah. the, the the last one where he came out, it, it was almost on the edge of the box the ball, and I saw yeah. him come out. The goal, my, it's not your ball, and then he just cleared <laughs> out the player and won the ball and hurt himself on way down. And yeah, it's just. Mm. If you've got players literally putting their bodies on the line to get three points, uh, I mean, yeah. Victor epitomizes almost as us fans, to be honest. What is what we expect, what we want, and what we all aspire to, I suppose, as a player to be. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult to uh, to have a conversation about Victor, isn't it? You know, it, it because he, he, he does. He he he, 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 he he feels the same way we do. Hmm. Feels the same way we do. Um, he feels the same way we do about his own club, but he feels the same about this club as well. You know, uh, he absolutely loves it, and and you can just tell by the way he plays. Um, and, and I think what's interesting was that in that first half, he had no to do. No, didn't. I mean, no. Tobias texted me at half time because he was too drunk to be able to watch the game. So he tonight, what's going on? And, and our, our Victor were playing, and I said, "Well, he's been bored. He's been bored for the first half because he's not done anything." And yet, then in the second half, when he's called upon, he's, he's there. He's absolutely there. Sign of a keeper, real sign yeah, Absolutely. Um, and 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 much like yourself, you know that that, that take at the end, at, at the edge of the eighteen-yard box, that just it just oozes confidence, you know. Mm. And like Tom said, it gives confidence to the defenders. It gives confidence to everybody in the team that you know that even if all ten of you aren't able to do your job because of for whatever reason you've still got somebody else back there who's going to do it for you yeah um, and yeah it, it he didn't have a great amount to do however what he did what he did have to do he did it exceptionally well as he always does <laughs> bit pointless talking about it really because you know what he's going to do don't you <laughs> yeah. well we had comments last week that he's maybe not has been as good this season as he has so when, yeah, when yeah. we get a moment to praise him, we'll well, praise and, him. I, and to be fair, I I, I probably led that, yeah. I probably led that charge, didn't I? Um, <laughs> but it, it set a hugely high bar. Yeah, I think that's I mean? Yeah, um, I, 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 I swear that the like tech quotes from our podcast, print them out and just give them to the players stick to stick wall. on the bedroom wall. It's like Mick said, you've set the bar higher, you're not there yet. And then suddenly Victor pulls off a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant display. Well, if that's the case, can I just say, Cohen Bramall, well done, mate. I know, we've, <laughs> I know you've discussed Cohen Bramall already and, and 
absolutely top draw, and everybody were criticising in your face. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. We've talked about left back, we've talked about right back, we've talked about the key, but let's talk about the two centre halves, Danny. Um, Shelley says, could we potentially talk about Humphreys and Blackett in the same way as Swales and McIntosh in terms of best defensive part? That's a great, that's a big call. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, Danny, I want to start with Blackett on this one. Because when Tyler Blackett came to us, he came with a bit of stick from Donald Donnelly in the comments, one of being one of them. Uh, he came to us as not really a championship player. He's got a mistake in him, he's this, that and the other. He's just been so composed. I, he just, I, when I watch him, I just think he's a championship player and there's not much more I need mm. to think or do about it. He, is just, he just looks comfortable at this level. Yeah, I mean, I, I was saying this yesterday. Um to say we signed him in March of this year as a free agent after he left, was it Cincinnati that he left? Yeah. Um, and it was like, okay, when he signs, like the level he's improved for the start of this season is quite frankly astronomical, really, yeah. because he's so calm on the ball, he clears it well, he's always diving in for the headers and getting it clear. Um, I mean, we praised Cam Humphreys last season for how steady he was. But now he's got a partnership with Blackie. It's like, good lord, we've got two of them. You know, <laughs> we've got two very calm and composed defenders. Like, all right, fair enough. They still have little mistakes in them, but the human, of course, they, they will do. Mm. But, um, but Tyler Blackie's been incredible so far this season. Um, and like people are saying, comparing him to Swales and McIntosh, unfortunately, that was a bit before my time uh, as a football fan. But if that's the level, then. Wow, no, wow! It could be one of the best defensive partnerships I could see as a Rotherham fan if it's perky, uh, peaking at that level. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously, I've seen like Richard Wood and a lot of defenders, you know, like Semi Ajayi, just to name one of them, before he got played slightly more forward. Um, it's but with this, if that's the level people are comparing it to, then wow, <laughs> just wow. Uh, John Morell says Tyler Blackett is, is a better netball player than a footballer. You must have his long lost twin brother. Number six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they, they complement each other really well. I mean, the, the, well, Shelley has mentioned those two. So, uh, in, t- in terms of Swales and McIntosh, you had a brute in Chris Swales and, and a sort of Rolls Royce player in, in McIntosh. These are both just footballers. They, they, are, they are very good with their feet. And that's clearly what Matt Taylor wants because Sean Morrison isn't playing. So he clearly wants people who are comfortable with the ball at their feet. And I think Tal Blackett, if you watch Tal Blackett, he's a leader as well. He, he told Victor off more than once for his mm-hmm. kicking. And he told, he's told Bramall off a lot. Tal Blackett mm-hmm. is another leader on that pitch. Maybe as age he should be, but it, 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 I'm just I'm really happy with those two. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there's, there's, there's one or two names being mentioned in the comments of Paul Spancliffe and the like from from uh, from years ago. Um, we, we've had a, a, a quite a lot of quality centre backs over the years, and I certainly don't put Tyler Blackett in that um, in that list at the moment. But he, he's doing so so well, and that's not a criticism in any way. You know, um, he, he was absolutely immense yesterday. Um, Cam Humphries, on the other hand, I thought yesterday, by his standards, he was all right. You know, I think he made a couple of mistakes. I think um, he, he wasn't quite as involved in the game. He didn't make. He didn't. There were no major issues by any stretch. He gave the ball away once or twice, didn't he? 
Yeah, it's another victory issue, isn't it? With 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 Callum Fritz. you know, the bar is so high, um, and everybody knows what I think of Callum Fritz. He he has the ability to be probably the best centre back we've ever had at this football club. He has that ability. Um, mm. He's got a, he's got some more progression to do. He's got some more development to do. Um, but there were some. He has got absolutely everything that you need. So. The partnership he's forging with Tyler Black it is excellent. It's really, really good. We've got Grant Hall to come back if necessary. We've got Sean oh, Morrison. Who, we've got Sean Morrison who, who's been a bit iffy of, of when he has come in. However, you know he's another one of those players, a la Richard Wood. You know, who if he's if he's been out for four games, the first two games you think what on earth are we doing playing him, and then three or four games in, all of a sudden you realise why. And I, I suspect Sean Morrison is going to be of a similar ilk. A bit like somebody that we're going to come on to talk about in a minute, I suspect. So, um, yeah, it's in that area. We said it at the beginning of the season or pre-season. We're looking very, very strong. Mm. First four games, that's proved possibly not to be the case. However, I just mm. think that you know none of these players become bad players overnight, and their their quality will start to shine through. Mm. Um, but Tyler Blackett would have yesterday, yeah, definitely. Yeah. John Morell says, Mick critical of Cam Humphreys. That's his motivation on the dressing room wall next year. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Humphreys' biggest fan as well. Unbelievable. I have, yeah. yeah. Um, just should be able to mention some older players. Uh, Mullen and Stanford for the Central Drew with 80 81 team. Uh, Miller's considered yeah. eight goals in 23 home matches. Um, Stancliffe and Tommy Spencer from Ian Bradley. Yeah. And Matt O'Neill says, Tommy Spencer, Bob Delgado. Bob Delgado, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, we so did... if we, con- we conceded eight goals in 23 home games, we've conceded five so far this season, so we're only allowed to concede three for <laughs> the rest of the season now. Yeah. Yeah. I think me, Mike and Ian yeah. should have a, just, a, just our own little podcast together and talk about the, the good old days. <laughs> we'll, call, we'll call it New York Talk, the good old days. Yeah, 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 we'll get John Brecking on, and John can yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll be away. <laughs> we'll listen to it, but we'll enjoy ourselves. <laughs> um, Tom, let's talk about another player, Fred. On you, we briefly mentioned him earlier, but Shelley brings up a question which I've, I've seen a few people mention on social media. Because here's hmm. one for debate: Is Fred better than Chio, or at least could be? Both different players, but I'd admit Fred, uh, admit Fred looks more comfortable on the ball. Big shout because Chio was an excellent hmm. player, but yeah. Fred did seem to impact the game more than Chio did, Tom. I don't yeah. know the five games in there, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's rich saying it now, but I think a lot of other... I, I personally, I, I didn't like Chio's end ball uh, and delivery. I thought yeah. his crossing could always improve, and that's something that uh, Fred obviously can do very, very well. Um, mm. Like you say, he, impact, he impacts games a lot more. Um, he speeds up play, he slows it down, he can win fouls, whereas Chio was kind of all guns blazing down the wing, it'll, it'll carry the team up the pitch if needs be. And that was perfect for what we were at that time. Um, mm. Absolutely perfect. Um, whereas Fred is perfect for this team and it's a, it's a different style of a team now. Um, so to, to compare them, I think is a bit unfair. Um, at least at least give it a season. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, um, I, I just, I, 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 I uh, yeah, I honestly think that they're the sort of, if, if you have both of them in your squad, you're looking at two fantastic wingers, um, Fred on the left, you on the right, because they give you different different outlets, um, different styles, different kind of um, abilities on the ball. Um, 
but yeah, I I personally prefer Fred at the minute just because of his 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 end delivery. Um, I think it's 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 a lot better than Chio's, but Chio's overall play for what that team was was magnificent. Get literally mm. sometimes physically dragging us up the pitch from our own box to their box and winning a foul. Um, it's what we needed around that time, and it's something that won't go amiss now. But for what we need, a bit more composure on the ball, a bit better playmaking ability. Uh, Fred definitely sit, uh, fits the system better. Um, so yeah, again, it's a bit unfair to say uh, to to compare them. You know, just just enjoy them both. <laughs> um, yeah, John Morell says different players and different levels, but I suggest you may be a stronger team now. Or I thought Chia was more of a lone wolf player. Um, Danny, on anything on the Fred Chia debate? Oh, five, four, well, four games because he got banned for one of them. Um, <laughs> Um, I think the um, the argument of like Onyedima being better on the ball, he certainly is when he's out wide. Um, you know, he sort of like looks after the ball and then create again that creates passing triangles. We seem to be quite high on passing triangles now, don't we? Yeah. Um, like between Onyedima, uh, Onyedima, um, Lemakisa, and who was the other one? Anyway. It may have been Cafu again. It may have been Rathbone at times as well. But anyway, um, he seems to like... Onyedema has better close control, I think, mm. with the ball. Uh, he's not really a runner. I think Chio was a runner. He'd, he'd mm. like pass the ball, they'd play it long, and Chio would bomb after it. And then either cut inside and shoot, which we saw later on when he was deployed more of a striker, or bring the ball into a crossing position, which we saw early doors with Paul Warren. Um, whereas Onyedema seems to be... A different player. He seemed to look after the ball, create the passing manoeuvres, and create the space in the middle by dragging players out wide to effectively try and deal with him. Um, so for me, the very different players in that regard. But in terms of the impact that they have on the Rotherham team as a whole, I would slightly tilt it in on your dimmer's favour. If I'm being honest, yeah, I probably agree. Oh yeah, Chill were better with Barca, weren't they? When Barca weren't there, I felt Chill missed that outlet and yeah. that, that yeah. ability to just ping it 70 yards into a little tiny bit of space which Chio could make that run um, but make, just let's just talk about Fred it's brilliant we, we're looking to have a player like Fred he, he improves the team that, that, that's, that's the that's what Matt Tillers talks about and that's what we talk about in terms of recruitment he's improved the team he has he has all the people that this manager and uh, and uh, Rob Scott have brought in Improved the team. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think probably without exception, given the January transfer window and this transfer window, I can't think of one who who has made the who has not really cut the mustard. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just can't. Um, I mean, the the argument might be for Tariq Fosu, who was intermittent in his form, but the rest have all been either upgrades or slightly different players to what we've had before. So. Um, Fred's a great player. He's a great player. He's, he's so dangerous. Whenever he plays, he creates danger. Um, and, yeah, it's a great acquisition for us, albeit on loan, and, but he is out of contract at the end of the season. So that's something, obviously, come March, April, May time that we might be wanting to look at, depending on how he progresses throughout the season, assuming that he's going to progress. Again, what we sort of... One of the things we when we when we talk about at the at, at this stage of the season, you know, these players aren't they're, they're not at their peak now and will never get any better. 
Yeah. Um, particularly given the age of some of the people that we're bringing in, they are all going to develop. They are all going to get better. Um, and they're all going to get better within the system that our manager wants them to play. So it, it, it's it's all positive, isn't it? And, uh, and Fred, Fred is a sort of beacon of that, really, isn't he? You know, he, he just... He's he's still a youngish lad. He's going to develop, and and he's already a real danger. So yeah, it's um, it's very very positive at the moment. We've done an hour, and we haven't talked about Nombe coming on. Um, Jesus. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Nombe briefly, and then we'll finish up because we've we're off with an hour and two minutes already. Danny Nombe came on um, at a time he he then changed the system, changed to up top. Uh, thoughts on Nombe's first 25 minutes in the Miller's shirt? Um, I think it's hard to comment on a player's first 25 minutes, you know, because it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's such a fine window to judge a player on. But yeah. um, I'm going to echo what Matt Taylor said. He came on and he looked very rough around the edges, if I'm being honest. Um, but you can also see there is a player to work with there. So when we had to yeah. press Norwich's back line, he bombed after the ball like a bat out of hell sometimes. And if it were me, seeing a player of that size and power coming at you at that speed, it would like, I'd panic on the ball. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, but it's interesting that that's Taylor's tactic. Warren's tactic was, you know, we need to defend a lead, we'll bring on another defender and go to five at the back. But we took off a midfielder and went two up top, mm. which sort of gives their back line more to think about and how's that going to impact the game which then actually limits them pushing forwards, you know, because when you see an extra defender come on, it's like, right, we can just attack now and not have to worry about too much of a threat uh, at the back. Whereas this is like, they've brought a striker on. We need to think about both ends of the pitch still. Mm. Um, and I think Nombe suits that tactic because much like in uh, George's regard, because it's a bit rough around the edges, you don't quite know what to expect from them. Um, and I think he played that role really well. And I think now that we've got the international break to really bed in uh, the newer signings and get them up to speed with effectively how it all operates um, until the next game, I think we could see a real player with Nombe because everything's there. It just needs to be brought together, if you like. Mm. like think of Nombe like a cake. We've got all the ingredients out and we've seen what the ingredients are. And now it's down to Matt Taylor to make the cake again. He's done it already with Exeter. And now he needs to do it at Rotherham. And not to put too much pressure on the lad, but I can see big things coming from Nombe in the future. Yeah. I thought you were going to use the line from the meme about letting cook, Danny. I'm disappointed you didn't use the line. <laughs> well, he's making a cake, so technically it still does need to be cooked, doesn't it? Mm, like... Just let him bake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 um, Matt Miller, not going to spend too much time. Matt Miller says, unlike to have a pop at the ref, what was he doing playing four minutes added in the first half? And Ashley Barnes fired inside. And then, yeah, I think he put three minutes up and it played to four. Even yeah, though nothing happened in the time. I, I, that was bizarre. Although, other than that, I think the referee had a, had a good, quiet game. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't make any decisions that he needed, didn't need to. And there's obviously, there obviously one or two that we're going to argue about, but we didn't hold up on that. He didn't fall over, he didn't um, um, fall for the. Um, throwing yourself on deck by, I can't remember his name now. Oh, yeah, Ashley Barnes tripping over his clown shoes. He didn't, um, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't fall for that, did he? Um, yeah. I, I seen a couple of Norwich players uh, fans uh, suggesting that he, he should have had a penalty. I mean, it's just embarrassing, man. It's absolutely embarrassing. I, I'm not a fan 
of Ashley Barnes, I'll be honest with you. I know. He's one of those sort of players that, you know, he's 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 been around a long, long time in the championship and yeah, he might have scored goals, yeah, he might have been successful, but he, he, I, I suppose if he were playing for us, I'd really like him because yeah. he's a bit Jordan Hugel in that sense, isn't he? Um, mm. But, but, he, he throws himself about like, it's just embarrassing. It's absolutely yeah. embarrassing. It's just, yeah. it's, it's almost funny. Um, mm. and, and the referee didn't, he did not, he wouldn't have any of that, which was, which was very, very good. Yeah. Um, John Manel says, good point, Danny, you make, you see, uh, you see young coaches nowadays, I see particularly by bringing more adventurous on, whereas old school managers, a little bit like Paul, would bring defenders on. Yeah. Mm. And that's certainly the way forward yeah. seems to be. Uh, Michael mm. Miller says, Taylor described Numbit as raw as rats. Never heard that before. No, I've never heard that before. <laughs> that's a new one. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. Um, let's just talk about the start of the season. Well, we'll go to 110, uh, Tom. But start of the season, we're sitting here with four points. Um, we could could and should be sitting here with seven points, two from Blackburn, yep. one from Leicester. Had we managed yeah. our, our position the situation better, I'd put us at tables that matter, but it put us in a really good position. Um yeah. but we've got four. Are you happy with for bearing in mind who we've played? Are you happy yeah. with four points? Yeah, four with who we've played and the performances that we've put out and not gotten results, i.e. Sunderland and Leicester, you think valid. I think the only game where we got what we deserved was the Stoke game. Yeah. And the game mm-hmm. yesterday, sorry. Um, and then those three games in the middle, you kind of think, well, we didn't quite deserve what we got. So if you're looking at it's still early on in the season, four points compared to 10 points doesn't really matter at this point, um, especially because I've got 50 quid riding on the line that we get three back-to-back wins. So, <laughs> one. Yeah, here's one. Huddersfield, potentially two. Uh, so yeah. Preston <laughs> so, yeah. will be high for three, though. Oh, not for me. Okay. We can believe. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I, I think that the the table can turn around so easily. I think it's it's to do with performances at the minute. It's to do with mm. getting players in and sharp, especially if Taylor's looking to indulge in uh, indulge in the free agent market. Um, yeah. And then points will come like they did against Norwich yesterday, because um, going into this game, Norwich were clear by far and away the favourites. And Crazy. that's not to say that we we weren't bad, but they were unbeaten. They were battering teams. They were third in the league. Um, as our favourite podcast pointed out, you know, they looked like the best league in the uh, best, best team in the league. So, you know, everything <laughs> hinted towards us not, you know, doing anything. Um, and we did. We were better side. Um, and we came away with three points. And that's just going to be the same... Um, that's going to be the same. That has to be the same benchmark for every game that we play now. Um, mm. Is that even if we don't play well, we compete, and when we do compete, we do inevitably play well. Um, so you know, uh, let's hope that Huddersfield and Preston are two uh, are two wins as well, because um, then everything changes and we're back up um, to playoff places supposedly. Yeah, um, so yeah, at the moment I'm happy because the performances are good. As soon as the performances drop, that's when you've got to kind of question it. Mm, agree. Uh, Shell Stones said after Southampton 5 0 loss, 2 1 at Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, 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 or Southampton going down. Southampton they did not look good. They did no. not look good. It's the Ooh. fact that they just paid Sunderland 10 million for Ross Stewart and yeah. then Sunderland go with and batter them 5 0. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and I was saying, like, this team's just come down from the Premier League and they've been absolutely rinsed by Sunderland. Yeah, but- like, Sooner or later, somebody is going to realise that Russell Martin is not a good manager. Mm, surely, yeah. surely somebody's going to realise this. 
he keeps doing the same thing, yeah. you know. He does the same thing every time, wherever he goes. He's got no plan B. He has only mm. got plan A. And on Saturday, he got absolutely 100% what he deserved. He got found out. I genuinely, hopefully, he's going to get that again this season. Hopefully, against us. It'd be great. Yeah. But he is not, he is not a good manager. Um, mm. Hopefully, they keep hold of him. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, John Mel said the same about Lampard and Scott Parker, though, Mick. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mm. there you go. Yeah. Um, we will enjoy that game. Yeah. Um, our 10, anything else we need to mention very quickly? We've run out of time, which is a, a crying shame. Go, Mick. Tom Eves. Mm. Uh, I had Tom Eves. comments as well. Apologies. Yeah, go, Mick. Yeah, I, I, I've been a critic of him. You know, I've compared his touch to my garage door. A few times, um, but I've also what I have also said is once he's got three or four games in, his touch mm. comes back to him and he starts to he starts to impact the game. He came in on Saturday and it's his second or third appearance, possibly more actually because he played he played at Stoke didn't he, as well. Mm. Um, he's starting to impact the game. His touch is getting better. He's, he's mm. starting to get a little bit of match uh, sharpness about him. It, he's going to score a goal for us at some stage. I was just about to say that, yeah. Um, and when he does, I might be, I might, I don't know how many rows I am from the pitch, but I might well be down the bottom. <laughs> I, I hope he scores it in front of the North Stand because I will be on the pitch with him. I'm willing to risk yeah. getting banned when Tommy scores his first goal for us. I just, I just <laughs> want him to do well. I, 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 don't ask me what it is. I, 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 he is clearly a championship quality player. He's done it in yeah. the past, you know. Uh, and he's had a, he's had a torrid time while he's been with us with, with injuries and everything else. Mm. Um, so uh, I, I just yeah, and he's staying with us now. Is well. it? That's means here, isn't he? He's a Rotherham player. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was all, it was really good when he came on, and, and as you pointed out earlier on, I think he had a little bit of interplay with with Nombe on the edge of the box, which had it come off, it would mm. have no doubt led to a goal. It was just a little bit unfortunate that. Um, that they weren't able to to, to, to finish it off. Um, he's 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 going to have an impact for us this season, I'm sure. Uh, at least I hope so. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just on, just in terms of comedy, it'd be funny if he scored the scored a goal off his calf against Southampton. And it's a one 0 They've had ninety five percent possession and lost to to, to a one 0 Tommy's goal. Lost one 0 to a, off his top knot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Final call. Anything else? Wonderful. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's no, more that we can continue to talk about after this well, weekend. Yeah. Uh, I saw a comment about away form. Do we want to discuss that or? We will save that. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. our next game's away from home, so that will give us our first topic for next, for the next episode. Uh, Planning yeah. in advance, what's wrong with us? There we go. <laughs> yeah, right on this just piece of paper. I'll write it on. Thank you all who have been with us tonight. Please do subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and give the video a like as well. We will be back at some point in the next, uh, at the very latest, we will be back for the Thursday before the Huddersfield game. If there's any big news or anything that happens in the next week, which there could be, there could be a couple of signings, so that may yeah, yeah. mean we need to do an episode mm. next week. Um, if that happens, keep an eye on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, or X, sorry, on Facebook um, and <laughs> wherever else. Because that will, if there's something going to happen, we will we will let you know. 
please, if you're listening to iTunes or Spotify, make sure you like, uh, sorry, subscribe to that where or follow us on Spotify, wherever it is, and give us a five-star rating if you are happy with what you'll listen to. Um, Tom, thank you very much for being with us tonight, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, always is, always is. It's good fun. Danny, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much, mate, and I hope you'll go to bed and get rid of your hangover. Yes, me too, because I'm at work at half past 12 tomorrow for a 12-hour shift. (laughs) (laughs) And Nick, thank you very much. Um, No rants, all positive stuff. Unbelievable. No, absolutely. We we may well have some form of announcement in our next podcast. A tease. A tease. A a musical announcement in our next podcast at some stage. Yes, we are writing Robin Minaj at the musical. The RUFC's already done that on your floor. Oh, we're doing the live live stage show, though. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, everybody, who has been with us. Up the Millers, and we will see you all next time. Thank you very much. Up the Millers. Up the Millers. Up the Millers. It's a wild, wild through a goal. Slossy beyond Fodringham. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 years, Fodringham United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box, Adolphi. He can hit them. And he does. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.